Welcome to Dwelling on Dreams. I am Taylor, a Ravenclaw. And I'm Victoria, a Hufflepuff. And we'd like to thank you for joining us as we take a deep dive into the Wizarding World and all of its inhabitants. And for all of you who haven't read the books or seen the movies, we would like to warn you that there are spoilers ahead. Today on Dwelling on Dreams, we are going to continue the discussion that we had last week about the so-called Golden Trio. It's not a canon term, but it's pretty much the accepted term for Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Last week, we discussed their dynamics and relationships uh, between the three of them and as a group throughout the Harry Potter series, and this week, we're going to kind of talk about what could have gone differently if a few slight things had changed. Yeah, so a little bit more on the Twilight Zone. <laughs> yes, this, this is all wild speculation based on our knowledge of the books and the characters themselves, but I think I think we can draw some interesting conclusions of I think so. what could have been. Yes, definitely. So it'll be neat to look at the Harry Potter series from completely different angles and kind of pick it apart in a different way than we usually do on the show. So I'm excited yeah. for this one. And I like the cascading of if this had gone differently... And this would happen. Yes. This would have not happen. Right. So we'll, that, that, we'll go down those rabbit holes. It'll be fun. It will be. So hang in tight. Keep Stay with us. And we'll start <laughs> off. But before we get started, we did want to real quick do a Wit and Wisdom segment. And this is coming from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It is right after the fight with the troll has just gone down. So... They are, this is really the first instance, we talked about this last week, but this is kind of the first instance of the trio really kind of tentatively forming together, and we're starting to see this bond. Yeah, the first time that they're, well, besides Fluffy, when they, which they didn't actually confront, but so the first time they were like confronting danger, the bond that really was formed by the troll. <laughs> strange sentence. Yeah, it is a bit of a strange sentence. Not one I thought we'd be saying today. Yes. Um, but J.K. Rowling explicitly states that in, uh, at the end of that chapter, when she says, From that moment on, Hermione Granger became their friend. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other, and knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. About sums it up there. Yes. End of chapter. End. <laughs> Next scene. Yes. That's been stage right. And yeah, basically that's, you know, that's a, that sentence decides it. That's yep. If it determines the rest of the series, there's there's no turning back at that point. You know, as only childhood friendships can happen. Yeah. Like, hmm, now you are our friend. Yes. And thus, the Golden Trio was born. Ta-da! But, and actually, that moment, I think, is one that could interest... Definitely, sorry. Mm. That moment is one that could definitely have gone differently that I think we're going to discuss in a moment here. But I think the first real yeah. point of importance... How, how far do we want to go back here? Is the train. The train, okay. I think. Okay. I mean, we. there are turning points, really, in their, their relationships that if, again, one thing could have gone slightly differently, mm -hmm. some, one of them made a different choice, um, their relationships could certainly have gone entirely, and the book series could have gone entirely different. Tracks. Oh, completely. Completely. Yeah. I think, really, with the train, the real question that, we've seen, we thought of all of the above, would be if Harry sat in a different compartment with different people. It's really Harry meeting Ron is the first catalyst, I think, of this epic relationship that the three of them have. And so... And it's almost like he imprinted on Ron, because Ron was the yeah. one who introduced him 
to the Wizarding World in a way that Hagrid was not quite qualified to. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, say, Neville came upon that empty compartment with Harry in it and sat mm-hmm. down, would he and Neville have formed that bond where Neville's explaining to him about chocolate frogs and right. you know all that? Would And would he still... I don't see him maybe becoming immediate fast bosom buds with Neville just because he's so timid and so tentative and um, that those two personalities of Harry at that time and Neville would have kind of had not much substance to it, just right. not much to stand on. But would he have then developed with Ron what he would have otherwise right. would, would have? Would Ron have come across as too brash? Yeah. And to, in your face, Gryffindor, would Harry have sorted into another house? Yeah. Neville would still have been in Gryffindor. Neville would still have been, but if he hadn't had Ron, you know, talking about how great all the houses were mm-hmm. and how ne- Gryffindor was the best and all of that, would Harry maybe going in with more of a blank slate? Yeah. Actually, in one of our blogs talked about this. He had, Harry had heard about the houses, Slytherin and Gryffindor in particular, from... Mm-hmm. Hagrid, Ron, McGonagall, and the Sorting Hat itself. I believe that is about it. Maybe a couple of other comments, but those are the really the ones that like describe them in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if, and Ron was the one certainly that went on most about it in the, the most prejudiced way. Hagrid's pretty prejudiced too. But, oh yeah. <laughs> um, if I mean Neville was just paralyzed by you know his lack of self confidence and was convinced he was going to Hufflepuff, so. Would that conversation of just, no, I'm probably just going to Hufflepuff, although my parents are in Gryffindor, would that have changed how Harry viewed the houses? Right. They yeah. Might, might have. May have. Suffice to say, also, you know, if maybe he ended up in a different compartment, not even with a Gryffindor, if he'd ended up with maybe a Ravenclaw student who would be more neutral, hmm. would that have changed? Not necessarily that he would have ended up in Ravenclaw, but... You know, you can make a case for all of the houses if he'd ended up with different people sitting on the train with that first real connection to other wizards and witches. Yeah. Would his view have been different or... Yeah. I think that without that prolonged exposure to Ron, A, he wouldn't have become immediate fast friends with him. Maybe over time they would have developed the same friendship or similar Mm -hmm. one, but Ron... Harry is very, very opposed to bullies, and Ron is a little, little bit teetered on the edge of bullying, mm-hmm. uh, Hermione, Neville. Um, so I think that without that first long exposure, yeah, he would have had a hard time with Ron. Mm-hmm. But also Ron uh, affected much of his worldview, so. Do you think he would have had a different opinion of, not not a completely different opinion of Draco Malfoy, because I know like what you said about Harry being opposed to bullies is very true, and I think that he would have had, you know, still problems with Draco because Draco bullies a lot of other children. But do you think maybe he would have had a different view of Draco Malfoy without being as exposed to Ron and Ron's viewpoint? I think Harry's opinion of Draco was clenched in Madame Malkin's. Um, he, he pegged him as a bully. He pegged him as a spoiled brat pretty much immediately. I think if that interaction had gone differently, then yes, the, wor- the world opens up wide. Because <laughs> that, that much was prejudice against Slytherin. Oh, that's another person who talked about houses. Draco. Right. He knew that he wanted to go to Slytherin, and he knew he very much disliked Draco. Right. So I think if Draco had been a bit more circumspect, or, you know, just not a brat, right, um, and 
because he sort of kind of was making an effort to befriend Harry. He really like, was. He reached out. You can look at it in several different ways of, you know, is he trying to figure out who he is? So, he, you know, you look at it the very cunning, very sinister-esque way of, is he trying to figure out who he is so he can manipulate it to see if this is a person worthwhile of his time? But also you can look at this at, this is a lonely only child boy who doesn't really seem to have a ton of real friends. Yeah, well, if you read that scene, it does not come across as him being crafty or sneaky. He just starts babbling to this new kid he doesn't know and almost carelessly asks, oh, by the way, what's what's your surname? Like, he he doesn't even think about it until, right. you know, <laughs> right. a long time of the conversation. So I think he, you know, this is a kid that's going into my year at Hogwarts, and, yeah, he definitely comes from a a place of superiority and brash and you know pure-bloodedness what do you have expected were he anything arrogance. else from his parents or anything right him, though? like oh no, no no i'm not but i'm just i don't think in that initial interaction there was really much behind it besides him just reaching out and trying to make a new acquaintance yeah and then that's always what i've gotten from it but i have seen things around that have said oh this is a complete like and I'm like, oh, I don't get that tone, but okay. Well, he's not actually that clever or crafty as a no. child. Most people aren't. I mean, let's say, like, that's just how children are. That's why I think Slytherin, it's hard to sort into Slytherin because you're not, you don't, as an 11-year-old, right. no one is, you know, this master they, manipulator. They base it a lot on the, I feel like the sorting hat, at least, bases it a lot on ambition, <laughs> on expectation and ambition and are they wanting to live up to expectations maybe more so? Um, but conversely, you can say that about Gryffindor. A lot of the Gryffindors that Harry meets are ones who are legacy Gryffindors. Their parents are in it. They were in it. Their parents were in the house and they're continuing on the tradition. They're very fearful of not continuing on that tradition, which you don't see quite as much for Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Yeah, but you just don't see as much of Ravenclaw and Hufflepuffs talking about their families or yep. or the who's been come before them. And I mean, I think it's true of Slytherin too that a lot of them are legacy. Probably a lot of them felt very much pressured into being in Slytherin. I think probably I assume probably across the houses there's a a sense of at least paternal pride mm -hmm. if your child gets sorted into the same house that you are. I'm sure. And I'm sure if, you know, there's couples that have are from different houses and they, like, you know, feel smug if their yeah. child is in their house instead of their spouses. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, no, I totally can see that. That's definitely a given. So, anyway, very interesting first interactions there. Um, yeah. I do agree. I think it completely would have been different if... Harry and Draco had had a better first couple of meetings, and Harry hadn't been quite as influenced by Ron in the beginning. But that is not what happens. <laughs> so, back to the quote we were reading from earlier. I wonder what would have happened if Hermione either hadn't heard Ron make his remark about her not having any friends, mm -hmm. or had had slightly thicker skin where she didn't go into the bathroom and cry for several hours. <laughs> Of either of those things. If she hadn't been in the bathroom when the troll attacked, and therefore they'd all just gone back to Gryffindor Tower, what would have happened? Would, would without that experience, because Fluffy didn't unite them. No. It was the troll. <laughs> it, was... it was the danger that they all faced together and worked together to save each other. Mm -hmm. So without that experience, there's never, there's never a, or 
organic way, I guess, of that happening to them. At least for, let me think, not for the Sorcerer's Stone, not with the Chamber of Secrets. There's really not. And Prisoner of Azkaban wouldn't have gone down the way it had yeah, if they, they weren't together. friends. Yeah. When, I mean, that's the next time that they kind of are forced into danger is Sirius Black, but they, they wouldn't have been together. So I don't know that they... Yeah, all three of them. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that there is another instance that they would have been forced together to to kind of create that bond. So do you think that they would have ever become friends without it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My gut instinct is no, with the caveat of anything is possible. <laughs> it, it That would have been a huge uphill climb. Um, I think they would have to have been intentionally trying to be friends if they didn't have that bonding experience, it would have had to have been like, hey, we, you know, like the boys would have been like, we want to be friends with Hermione and we're going to make it happen type of thing. And that was and not that was they were. not going to happen. Right. And so they were annoyed by her. Yeah. They were really annoyed with her. And, um, I mean, my even thought is I don't even know if Hermione would have really stayed past second year if she didn't, because she didn't have any other friends. Yeah. But I do not. Hermione is a very determined person, and it, I think she wants she cared more about learning magic. Than, I think it wouldn't. My thought process for that is it wouldn't have been up to Hermione; it would have been her parents. And I'm sure after she was petrified, her parents probably didn't really want her to go back after all of that. If she, you know, I would assume they knew because she's a minor. Yeah, it's it's for two months that you're not hearing from they, your daughter, but and they never. We never at least read that they were permitted to visit. They think if they well, would they, have they known that. Yeah. There would, I mean, there's got to be some way to allow Muggle on the campus. Right. That if they had known that they would have at least had one visit. You think they would have, like, from. been told after. I know. But, you know, with all of that, I think that her whole rationale for staying would have been Harry and Ron. And her whole point would be, I have friends here. And she didn't have that in the Muggle world. And I think that her parents probably would have made more of an executive decision to pull her. I think that, I don't know, I don't think we know enough about her parents to know yeah. how involved they are. I just don't think that, I think they're mostly so hands-off based on the fact that we just meet them once at yeah. a distance. <laughs> um, that, I, I mean, I I wouldn't make that call that they would have automatically taken her out because they didn't seem terribly concerned about petrification when it did happen. Yeah, we just, again, Harry's narrative. We don't get to see that part. Yeah. And we don't really know how much they know. So, could be different. But yeah, I don't see them being friends. I, um, maybe, perhaps, in the latter years, after they've matured a bit, but still, I really don't think so. I think by that yeah. time, there would have been too many hurts. Uh, Ron doesn't pull punches in his early years, as we see with the troll, before the troll, with his calling Hermione and yeah. um, names and stuff like that. But um, I think there would have just been years of that. And I still think Ron would have developed a crush on Hermione, and but he would I don't never think... have graduated past the pulling pigtails part. Correct. And I don't think she would have developed one back. Yeah, I think she would have viewed him as her bully at, yeah. after a certain point. Yeah. yeah, I think that, and then I honestly believe that Harry and Ron would have died a couple of times over without Hermione. Oh, yes. I mean, I think that's true of Harry, too, that if he hadn't been there around Hermione, certain situations would have also died. But... Maybe wrong, probably not though. <laughs> to be honest, um, I can't think of a specific situation off the top of my head that if Ron hadn't been there, they would have died. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, 
but I, so I think that the narrative of the storyline, the the narrative of the series would have been very different with, yeah. they, there would have had to have been a, some sort of substitute for her if there were no Hermione, just because Harry, as brave and brash and powerful as he is, he just, there, there were, he charges missing. in. He charges in. He doesn't think things through. And Ron's he has a plan same. as much beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't work. It Moral of that. It doesn't work without the three of them being together. Yeah. But if, you know, again, Hermione hadn't heard, she has had slightly more emotional maturity, then... I mean, I would be extremely upset about that. in the bathroom for hours. The public bathroom for hours. I would have been upset, too. And I, would've I would have gone to my room. I don't know why she went to a bathroom. I mean, I cried for not maybe like four hours, but I would be really, I mean, especially with her, like she has no friends in the muggle world. She came to the wizarding world, one, hoping to prove herself and to prove herself as being, you know, worthy of being a witch because she just found out this was something and to catch up and to make friends. You know, probably she thought that this was, she was different, so she couldn't make friends with muggles as well. So now she can make friends with wizards and witches, and then she's just not connecting she just at all. Your personality. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I would think it would be very hard. And well, I think that certainly that it was hurtful and uncalled for, and it would have been painful for her. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there were also I could see her just ways to... not wanting to go and face everybody at the feast or face Ron or. But again, go. It seemed like an odd choice to go to a public bathroom yeah. and stay there crying. That's always seemed like a weird venue choice to me, but, like, I would go to my room and just avoid people. Well, anyway. That's my little sensitive cinnamon roll soul. Well, if Hermione, again, had made, gone to her room, <laughs> then they might not have been friends and Voldemort might have won, so. Again. <laughs> you know, it's good that she made some boy poor choices that night. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's move on to another scenario. Do you have I, my my next one is um oh I'm I'm still in Sorcerer's Stone uh but the if they hadn't if Harry hadn't left the cloak at the top of the astronomy tower um this is a cascading effect sort of thing. Okay, explain this to me. All right. So when Harry and Hermione take Norbert slash Norberta to the top of the astronomy tower for. Charlie Weasley's friends to pick up and take to a dragon reserve. Mm-hmm. In the movies, this is glossed over as Dumbledore sends the dragon away. <laughs> um, in the books, however, um, and Dumbledore doesn't or know about it until after the fact, and Harry and Hermione do it in secret themselves. They send a letter to Charlie, they uh, set up the drop, basically, <laughs> and <laughs> they meet uh, Charlie's friends and who fly to the astronomy tower, which seems like a security hole, but we'll get set point. Yeah. And then Harry just pulls a stupid bonehead move and leaves the invisibility cloak at the top of the tower. And as they, you know, are so excited, they celebrate their success. They go down and then they realize they're visible and Filch catches them. And that's why they get detention Mm. in the Forbidden Forest. Um, So easily avoidable (laughs) mistake. It's not something that, you know, makes sense as a character moment or anything. It's just kind of an event that happens that has a cascading effect. So they get detention. Harry meets Voldemort in the forest. He meets friends. He tells them it was Voldemort in the forest. Finds out he's drinking the unicorn blood. All of, all of that information comes from Harry missing the forgetting the cloak. Right. All of his knowledge about Voldemort's presence and his trying to attain immortality 
he would have probably found out about the stone regardless because Hagrid was the one who was blabbing about you know Flamel and all that mm-hmm. but um his his conviction of absolutely we have to stop this from happening comes from the forest and friends so honestly I think that if he hadn't left the cloak on top of the astronomy tower he wouldn't have gone after the stone right I don't think he would he wouldn't have had that crisis moment and then that Ron and Hermione kind of then rallied behind and said we're going with you this is that's really the first time that they, as a group, decide, okay, let's stand up and do something. Because, again, with the troll, mm-hmm. it just happened to them. All the other right. things happened to them. This is the first time they decide to take action. And so, without that moment, how do you think their relationship, how do you think that their, even just emotional, their, their courageous um, development... <laughs> Right. And Harry's leadership development, I guess, too, as well. Yeah. I think that that, like you said, that's the first moment that they actually actively choose to do something to fight this evil and the wrong that's going on. And I think we see a very different picture with them coming into that maturity later or being harder to or, you know, this sets the groundwork for what they will become. Um, especially like book five where they start really kind of rallying together and we see that initial trio core form. Um, this is, this is the frame, this is the groundwork for all of that. Um, and And I think it shows to us as readers, like they can be, they can work together, work together to get this done. I mean, we see that with the troll, but that is a situation they were kind of thrown into. It happened around them. Yeah, and I think that... And it was lucky. <laughs> and and all future events, Chamber of Secrets on, I mean, just take Chamber of Secrets, the Polyjuice to, you know, try to suss out who the mm-hmm. Air of Slytherin is, going to the forest to follow Aragog. It's going very to active. Secrets. It's very it's active. like the assumption by that point is that they're going to do something. Right. They're, that crisis, moment of decision in Sorcerer's Stone, after that there's no, until, you know, the end of Sixth, the sixth book mm-hmm. there's no real question of if or you know how or should it's just assumed mm-hmm. that they're gonna do yeah it. they have that confidence that yeah. it's up to us which no yes but yeah. no but yes but <laughs> no, no. It's not, but they do anyway um but I, but I don't see in Sorcerer's Stone them doing those things I mean maybe when Hagrid's taken to prison you know falsely accused that would have been the crisis moment in chamber of secrets mm-hmm. at least for ron and harry um that that, that would have been their hill to die on mm-hmm. which i have a thing about that scenario so hold on okay. we'll come back to that but yes continue but i just i i don't think until maybe again at the end of prisoner of azkaban when they're thrust into the situation because ron is kidnapped by sirius like uh, certainly i think they would have still confronted that and you know protected each other during that time but all the kind of intervening things where they took action i think it would it that moment of okay yes we're going to do something and and be part of this and fix it might not have come until the sixth but not six the fifth book right because that's really the next time that they were confronted with something like that right and i feel like uh goblet of fire also i think could be kind of passive as well Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I think a lot was happening to them. Yeah, we were saying a lot of these things now from now on are active, but I gobbled a fire actually is one that's more of a passive thing for Harry, at least. Yes, no, I agree. I think that definitely is a big moment 
for them yeah. to affect change and to, to shore up that relationship. Moving on mm -hmm. through the series, Chamber of Secrets. Okay. So for me, you may have a different one, but for me, a big what if would be what if Hermione did not get petrified? Because if she had not gotten petrified, when she did, she had the clue, uh, she figured out what had happened, would they be able, one, Hagrid would probably not have gotten arrested. Because um, that happened like right after that with the spiders. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have had the whole spider scene. <laughs> um, yeah. And then they would have figured everything out quicker. They, um, Jenny Weasley would not have been taken to the Chamber of Secrets, more than likely. And that could have affected Harry's fight with the Basilisk. Harry may not have even gone to fight with the Basilisk if they, um, you know, had roped in a teacher. Yeah, I think if Hermione hadn't been petrified, that... Because she would have insisted on telling a teacher. They would have gone to a teacher. They would have told Dumbledore, McGonagall, whoever. It would have eventually gotten up to Dumbledore. Um, that they figured out it was a basilisk. And all the clues did line up. Spiders mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm, roosters. Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I, he might, honestly, Dumbledore might have already figured it out beforehand. He just didn't know how to get to the Chamber of Secrets. And that's the thing. Harry didn't know how to get to the Chamber of Secrets. Uh -huh. And he wouldn't have found out um, without talking to Aragog. Aragog was the one who said that the girl was killed in a bathroom. And he's like, oh, light bulb. That's very girl true. Girl in a bathroom. So I think that, yes, and, and maybe everybody would have had safeguards against the basilisk at that, after well, that point. Well, maybe Hagrid could have talked to Aragog. <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing, why didn't... Hagrid could have talked to Aragog at any point, but he was entirely unwilling to discuss it. And, and Hagrid was entirely unwilling to accept that Aragog was a terrible person. Person? creature well, yeah but when you are sentient and you know have a memory of when you were an egg it's hard yeah. to hard to say that uh you're not somewhat so have some personhood anyway yeah um he, he his conversation was was not like the sphinx was all very focused on like a yeah. riddle most most of the non half part human creatures are like basics you mm -hmm. know conversation skills Aragog was not. Aragog was a yeah, capable of just carrying on the conversation perfectly fine. Anyway, that's a total side note. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I think that I don't know. I I I just think that if no one, if Dumbledore and Hagrid, who do did know where the girl was killed, hadn't figured out where the entrance was and how to open it. Harry being across the tongue mm -hmm. by that point. I don't think Harry would have figured it out without talking to Aragog because they're not going to tell. There's no reason to tell all this to Harry. Yeah. Um, so while, yes, I think that the Basilisk would have been discovered sooner and maybe, again, traps put for it, safeguards put in place to keep the students safe, I don't think that there would have been a traumatic battle in the chamber because no one knew what the chamber was. Yeah, that makes a good point. That's my what if. <laughs> the, the cascading... Uh, the dominoes falling. Here. I tried. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, it's it's still interesting, even mm -hmm. if it would. It's not, like it's interesting even to follow. Yeah, that's that really like the only interesting thing for me, like in Chamber of Secrets, that I was like, hmm, I wonder. I didn't have anything for Chamber, so I'm glad you brought it up. Ha ha! Yes. Um, moving on, Prisoner yes. of Azkaban. I my I focus more on like pivotal moments and for their relationship, so okay. less on like the plot. So my next one was in Goblet of Fire, but... Okay, cool. No, I don't have any for Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Um, okay, so this is another 
pretty the, the dominoes start early. Okay. We're at the World Cup. You're at the World Cup. Winky is sitting beside an empty chair. And so because someone thinks it's Nate's fudge, because fudge is fun to pick on, <laughs> um, thinks because it's an empty chair, he doesn't take care while talking past it and bumps into someone's legs. Yeah. The cloak falls. There's Barty Crouch Jr. He's rearrested. Crouch Sr. is arrested. Things, you know, get tied up in a nice bow. Voldemort can't use him to kidnap Harry. And Pettigrew is entirely incapable of pulling off that long con, so... Indeed. So he can't get to Harry at all, and he uses someone else's blood to resurrect as a substitute. Maybe. Mm -hmm. He might have been determined enough to find another way, but at the very least, Harry's name doesn't get into the Goblet of Fire. Mm -hmm. Harry has a normal fourth year, free of problems. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Except for weird dreams about Voldemort. Yeah, and, and awkward friend relationship drama. Yes, well, that's the thing. Okay, so Harry's name doesn't come out of the goblet. Ron doesn't... You know. Oh, Ron doesn't spend half the year as Pratt? Yes. So, the, I think, in the long run, that half year as Pratt was necessary for their relationship, healthy, mm-hmm. because Ron needed to realize that he was internally, if not externally, being, you know, jealous, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that he had all of the, like, he, they needed him to work through stuff. he had all this stuff repressed. Yes. And I think that if he had not worked through it, bad things would have happened in fifth year mm. when Harry um, is being called a liar and insane. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Ron would have like turned against him or anything, but I do think that that he, strain on their the would have caused a crack in the relationship that didn't happen because they'd already kind of gone through some of this emotional yeah. stuff in fourth year. I think that's a really interesting point. I would not really have thought about Ron not Ron's being a Pratt having effect for fifth year in a good way. Right? You know? Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting. But true, I I believe, yeah, I think I think he wouldn't yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I don't think he would have, you know, maligned Harry or spoken bad or given interviews about how an awful person he is because I don't believe he feels that way and I don't think he would have said it if he didn't feel that you know yeah. wouldn't lie um about that but I think he then would double guess a lot of things and just um he wouldn't stand up for Harry yeah he, he was firmly by Harry's side and stood up for him and stood with and Harry him. Ha- and relied on that so much yeah and I think that if he had if he was still you know marinating in his pettiness and jealousy and you know oh he's getting all this attention and that he his confidence in the friendship and his dedication to the friendship would have been severely yeah tested yeah no I agree interesting so, and that would have been a bad time <laughs> for him to I mean it was a bad time in fourth year too but the stakes were much lower than right in fifth year and I don't know that they could have recovered if he had kind of pulled a Hold a goblet of fire in order of Phoenix. <laughs> it would have been harder. <laughs> yeah. That was all I had for... My next one is in order, so do you have anything else for the goblet? Um, not not specifically to the trio. Uh, well, I have... You don't have to stay. I mean, we could obviously go in any direction. <laughs> I think mine kind of like piggybacks onto yours of what if... Um, Crouch hadn't, you know, 
replaced his son in Azkaban with his wife. And, you know, what if Artie Crouch was a total non-entity at all? What could have been different of it? Um, which I think you just kind of covered in a nutshell. But, yeah, I mean, I think Barty Crouch Sr. is an interesting character. And his choices, though he's a very peripheral character, defined much of the series. I mean, he's the one who drew series in Azkaban. He's the one who obviously put Barty Crouch Jr. back in play. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a hypocrite <laughs> and um, sanctimonious hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And it's and his and how he justified because I think he honestly had a deep hatred for dark arts. He honestly believed in law and order. So how he justified what he but did? But it was his son. Yeah, his well, only his wife. son. Well, yeah, it was his wife. But he yeah, begged him, and he. I don't think he even liked his son for the most part. He might have loved him, but he didn't like him. <laughs> and like how he justified that is an interesting character study idea. Of, but um, yeah, his. If he made a couple of decisions differently, things would have gone very, uh, in very different directions than they did. Right. Interesting. But yeah. No, that was really the only one I had was if Freddie Crouch wasn't even in play. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I think fourth year, though probably not completely mundane. If he hadn't been in the Goblet of Fire, would have there wasn't really much else going on. Nope. Not really. Yeah. I mean, he, he heard the whisperings of Death Eaters and Voldemort coming back, and you know. Yeah, but it's on Snape's arm. The book thing, is pretty much taken up by the tournament. Yeah, not all the drama surrounding that. All the drama. All the drama. There would still have been Yule Ball, probably. Bron Hermione still would have had that spat. But you know. But yeah, but I feel like that was good for their relationship too. Yeah, I mean, they weren't. He wasn't a good person, but it, again, he probably needed to acknowledge and work through some things. Oh yeah. So that brings us to fifth year when. Even with the self-knowledge that they had gained in fourth year, uh, their relationship almost almost cracks at the very beginning when Ron and Hermione decide to listen to Dumbledore and refuse to tell Harry anything. Harry's just Over been deeply traumatized. He's been tortured. He's been humiliated and mocked while being tortured. <laughs> um, he's watched Cedric die, and then he goes over to his relatives over the summer and... Um, is completely isolated physically, emotionally, from everybody who would even think of giving him support. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of just go along with it, which right. is not good. Um, it was a bad choice on Sirius and Ron and Hermione's part, I think, to mm-hmm. obey Dumbledore in this But case. I think it's also the... Everyone looks up to Dumbledore still at this point. Everyone respects him so much at this point. Dumbledore would never hurt Harry in their mind. You know, in their mind. Hee hee hee. Hee hee hee, ho ho ho. Um, snide remark insert here. Um, so, you know, Dumbledore would never want to hurt Harry, so of course this must be in Harry's best interest, and Dumbledore is all wise and all knowing, so yeah, we should just do it, even though we don't really necessarily feel great about this. Yeah. Because you get that sense, like when they come back, they were kind of like, well, we wanted to write you, like, we kind of felt weird about it. Yeah. Didn't feel good to not do this, and now you're mad at us, so we feel even worse, but Dumbledore told us to, so. Do you think if they had written to him, if they had told him that they were together, that they were part, you know, kind of peripherally involved in an organization that's working against Voldemort, that told them what they knew, that Harry would have been less angry, less reactive that year, just in general, that, because I think that that really set the tone for Harry doesn't like people keeping secrets from him, especially when it involves his life. Justified. Yeah. I feel like. 
I think yes, I think it would have made a difference. Even a little bit, it would have made a difference. Um, I think one, he would have felt more solid with Ron and Hermione, definitely for sure. And he wouldn't feel like he had to kind of watch his back because people were talking about him behind his back. I feel like fifth year, he's a bit more paranoid mm-hmm. about a lot of things. And he just, like, I think he would have had more enthusiasm for starting the DA. I think he would have kind of had these things um, necessarily wouldn't have to feel like he needs to prove himself to the Order of the Phoenix to be considered for joining or to be involved in the plans, even though he's a central part of them. I don't think he appreciates being moved like a chess piece in a game that he doesn't feel like he's even trying to play. Yeah, I mean, he straight flat out says to Rufus Scrimgeour in the next book, you know, I don't want to be used. Yeah. Afterwards. Like he, and I think he, he, and he knows used. when he's being used. Yeah, I think he, he definitely feels that. He can see through that in the fifth book, and I think he does not appreciate that at all. So I think that also leads him to have so much distrust for the Order of the Phoenix adults, as we see in, like, sixth and seventh book, where he could have told them things that Dumbledore told him. But one, he has respect for Dumbledore and would never want to betray him. And two, he doesn't really trust yeah, 100% the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, and... I mean, he and he. I mean, and with his own safety, he like does absolutely. Well, yeah. Book when you know they're trying to figure out who the spy was that had leaked the the date of their moving him from Privet Drive. He makes the announcement that I don't believe anybody in this room would betray me. I refuse to start distrusting you because of this, and I think and he means it. But that's him. Mm-hmm. It's not Horcruxes. It's not the world. It's not Voldemort. It's not anything Dumbledore has left him to yeah. do. Like, he's much more reckless with his own safety right. and much e- quicker to trust than with the bigger picture, which is probably true of Dumbledore, too. Mm-hmm. I've gotten that from, from him. Um, but yeah, I think that, that that summer when he's in that isolation and he's got Voldemort in his head but doesn't really realize it yet, and he's, you know, so he's It's like having a horror and, and Yeah, I mean, he is a horror I mean, he is, well, he is, but he's he's grown up that way he's yeah it's a little different it's like having the locket though right yeah and it's and he's mad at everybody and he's being he's festers it just yeah, festers and it kind of boils and boils and boils and goes over the top and though yes he does erupt eventually to Ron and Hermione I don't think that that really closed the put the top lid back on okay. I think that that initial boiling just kind of continued throughout the year and if it had been, if it had been cut off earlier on if he had been talked to, or at least communicated somewhat with, by Sirius and right. Ron, by Dumbledore. Right. That a lot of the choices he made that had devastating consequences, especially at the end. Um, and I also feel like Harry can't get over Cedric's death for a no. very long time. I mean, I he mean, dreams about it. He dreams about it for years. Yep. Uh, I mean, it, also, I think that, that it, he needed counseling. Yeah, he needed a lot of things he was not provided that summer. Right, but he, he at least needed somebody in his life to talk to about it or to do you know like not to let it sit and fester and just I think that contributes so mm-hmm. much to just his psyche later on about not wanting people to die for him yeah which technically they were dying for the cause it you know like but in his mind it was dying for him yeah and yeah I think that's detrimental I think the adult in Harry's life with the exception of Molly Weasley, often forgot that he was still a teenager. Mm-hmm. I mean, they 
Molly Weasley to the opposite degree. Yes, Molly Weasley over overcompensated for everybody else. But like I was thinking about this earlier today, like his conversations with like Scrimgeour, for instance. I know I keep bringing him up, but I've been thinking about him today for some reason. Um, like like every scene he, they meet a sixteen year old boy, yet they're meeting on equal footing, arguing about ministry policy. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously Scrimgeour is mad that they're meeting on equal footing. It's not something that he wants to do, but he's you know forced to deal with Harry. As once he realizes Harry's not going to just roll over and do what he says mm-hmm. as as an equal opponent, and because of that, because Harry is kind of this this entity that has weight that has you know that is in the middle of this war and this prophecy, mm-hmm. I think people forget that he's still a, a teenager who mm-hmm. has inappropriate and immature thoughts and needs help and you know keeps things bottled up when he shouldn't. Yep. Yeah. So all that to say, definitely. Definitely not for the best that he was left alone that summer. Yeah. Well, moving on to book six, which we have just referenced several times. Really, the this book is a lot not very plotty, mostly relational, and so <laughs> all the angst, all the angst, and the angst has a name. Her name is Lavender, <laughs> and um. So I, what if Lavender had been taken out of the equation? Not oh. killed. I don't have any. No, yeah, not, no, no. I don't have a little towards Lavender. It, what wait. if she had not kissed Ron? Yes, because she did instigate. Yes. This. Because Hermione had already asked Ron to the Christmas party in a roundabout sort of, you know, cutesy sort of way, but they both acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if Lavender hadn't happened. Yeah. And they had gone to the Christmas party together, would they, and they had become a couple earlier on. Um, I think. A, Ron would have been restless and maybe made a stupid mistake at some point farther down the road. But B, if he hadn't, <laughs> if they had actually been a couple, how would that, do you think, have affected Deathly Hallows mm. if they were already a couple and things were happening when Ron was leaving? Yeah, because that's the, the caveat that Ron still leaves. Um, I mean, it's or do you think that Hermione would have been able to keep him grounded and, and on, t- on mission? Hmm. That's two different questions. So let's answer first scenario if he still leaves, and then we can come back and do, do we think Hermione could have kept him grounded enough to not leave? Well, let's, okay, let's go back to the first question. Do we think Ron would have been content in a relationship, his first real relationship, being with Hermione and not and staying grounded and faithful with her? No. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Which makes me sad. <laughs> it does. Because I don't like making him a cheater without actually him being, like, I. that's a big thing. But I think that, yeah, he would have done something really stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I either see, I don't necessarily want to, like, first off think that he would necessarily cheat in the relationship. You know, like, make a one poor one-night-stand decision or something like that. Could have happened. I could see it. I could. Yeah. Definitely could. I think, honestly, they would have, quote, broken. It would have been a Ross and Rachel on a break situation. 100% can see that. Um, Where he's deliberately misunderstanding her or... Right. Ross, I think, honestly, was confused. Ron, I think, would have engineered a... Yes. Breakup. Would have have driven her to it or himself Right, because they do bicker. They bicker all the time. Yeah. So that is just part of their relationship with them. It would have been a mutual self-sabotage. Right. I think that Hermione would have gotten frustrated with Ron over something. You know, Ron would have gotten equally frustrated back with Hermione for expectations. And 
yeah, I definitely could have seen them doing, we're, we're, we're broken up, we're on a break, XYZ, Ron immediately would go do something stupid. Yeah. And then. And then I don't think that they. They couldn't have worked together on the on Horcrux hunt. Yeah. It would just be a constant, you did this, you did this, you did this, well, you drove me to do this. And Harry would have picked, not that. If Harry would have picked Ron. Would have picked Ron, and they wouldn't have been able to get very far. Nope. Constantly, Harry would have picked Ron, and constantly they would have been both thinking we should have brought Hermione. You know, like it would be like they they know they messed up at that point. Yeah. But okay, so let's say that the moment of crisis is either avoided or pushed off. Well, my thing is, I don't see them getting together. You know, like even if Lavender hadn't happened, mm -mm, I I still think that I think Ron would not have been competent enough with being asked in the way that he was to the slug club thing one i think it would have been nice if he would have been there his insecurity wouldn't have flared up because he was there with everybody mm-hmm. but i don't think he would have necessarily known that that was a date quote and i could have seen hermione getting like dressed up and look nice but still never clarifying it that's true and i still see them kind of dancing around each other but do you think that that would have lasted all the way through Dudley, the end of Dudley Hall like it did if they hadn't didn't have any kind of a yeah, I think, well, well, okay. it would have definitely lasted longer because Ron in the hospital saying Hermione's name is really what, like, confirms that when he's not really interested in Lavender. Yeah, but so if that happened and Lavender was not in the picture, if they had been dance, still dancing around each other, will they, won't they, mm-hmm. and then he almost dies and Hermione's distraught and then Ron says her name, excuse me, and then Ron says her name, do you think that would be the moment they got together? thing is they still don't get together after that point well yeah because he's still with lavender I mean, well i know really, but still like and, and then they have to, and then they have to break up before. Before. Right, like I, right. I i get why they need to get together right after as a rebound from lavender yeah i mean maybe <laughs> it would have been um i mean possibly i think there's a lot that goes on though i mean hermione obliviates her parents i they could have I, I wouldn't rule it out i don't necessarily 100 percent and like yes i still see it happening i still think that they both were insecure in different ways enough that Ron would just really have to, like, buck up confidence. Well, even in the series, he doesn't make the first move. No, I know. She and is. I don't think Hermione would. She might have been, like, so frustrated and they were fighting and she would have said something. I could see maybe that happening, but that even is still, I don't think she would have just, like, been like, hey. I think she would have. Like, asked him to slug club, it didn't necessarily lead in him, like, asking her back out type of thing. She would have just been kind of like, I did my part. <laughs> not like not like she would give up on liking him, but, like, she'd be like, I did. I did ask you out. Like, what else? Like, you're, you're... Falls in your court. Yeah. You, you, he just doesn't want me. That yeah. type of thing. I don't know. I could see that. Either way. Um... So, anyway, but what if they did get together and Ron still left? Yeah. Is the next question mm-hmm. on the, oh my goodness, so this many things. This is a lot of dominoes. This is a lot of dominoes. Okay, so if they did get together and Ron still left, oh my goodness, that would have been awful. Part of me thinks that Ron, that Hermione would have gone with him, but Hermione's such a person no. of conviction, and I think she would have wanted to go with him. She but wanted then, to go with him anyway. Yeah. When they but, weren't together. But but I feel like at that point her first loyalty was still to Harry. And 
And if they were dating, I don't know that her first loyalty, maybe she would still have stayed because she knew it was the right thing to do and that she was necessary to end this war. But I don't think she would have stayed if it was her between Harry and Ron, just the two of them. She wouldn't have. She wouldn't have stayed with Harry just to help him. She stayed with Harry. She would have stayed with Harry though because it was necessary. I don't war. see her ever leaving Harry. Hmm. I don't. I, the bond that she has with Harry, while not a romantic one, I feel like is so deep that she one she believes in the mission too. Like it's yeah, oh bigger yeah. than herself, and it's bigger than what she wants. And I think Hermione is rational enough. To not let her personal, you know, like, it's hard. Yes, 100%. She would have wanted to go with him. Um, she, you know, would still have fought just as hard to get him to stay. It's not like she would let him walk out the door. But I I do not see her leaving. I definitely think she stays because of the mission, because of the rationale. I think if she's dating and when Ron, one, they're not together, so it's happens. not like she does have. Yeah, right. I think it would have been more heart wrenching. I mean, it already was, but I think it would yeah. have been. I don't see them getting together very well after that. If they were already together and he left, oh yeah, I coming back was, I don't, at least for a couple of years. It would, years. would not be something where they would repeat Ross and Rachel thing, where they they kind of both know that it's. Right. And even then, I see her still having enough of a hard time and them not being together after that. Yeah. You know, like, four years, I feel like that will get brought up. Um, but they weren't together, so it's not like... But if they were together and he still left, then came back, tried to get back in good graces. Yeah, that would have might have been the it. Death, death bolt. That's another thing. Yeah. And I don't think that she still would have been able to talk around into staying, no matter what. So you don't think that Ron would have felt a I mean okay part of Ron's issue is jealousy over his Harry's relationship with Hermione let's mm-hmm. say they've been dating for months Harry's clearly fine with it yeah do you think that all of that would come to a head in a way in the way that it did that he would felt the need to force Hermione to choose because that's really what he was doing part part of obviously he was still genuinely right, upset he was, about other things as well right. but you know he he very deliberately forced Hermione to choose me or him and I don't think that he would have felt the need to do that to make her for- make that choice yeah. if they had been in a committed relationship for several months. I agree. I I don't necessarily see him saying me or Harry draw a line in the sand, pick now or forever hold your peace type of thing. I do feel like he would have that would not have been an issue. But I still see him leaving. If that makes sense. I still see him being supremely worried about his family. And all of the other concerns that he gets brought up. Terry doesn't have a plan. You know, like, all this other things. Yeah, I don't... I mean, maybe it would have gotten to a point where Ron doesn't leave at all. Yeah. If they were together, but... Again, the Horcrux just messes with rationality, like you said. Yeah, well, that's another thing. If Harry hadn't chosen to wear the Horcrux around his neck, and their necks... I think that a lot it of would have, heartache in Deathly Hallows yeah. would have been avoided. I think so, too. I think, yeah, they would have been able to make more rational, thought-out, logical decisions and not focus so much on their own insecurities, fears, worry. I mean, what the Horcrux is designed, you know, it preys yeah. on that. I do think that um, probably the actual progression of the plot and the Horcrux hunt so yeah, I think that the visit to Gontrick Hollow and then the finding the 
the doe, the doe finding them and, and Snape, mm-hmm. you know, giving them the sword, all of that probably would have happened in a similar manner. Um, they just wouldn't have had a, a that big, huge blow up and be all of their just the angst that was created. I mean, Harry was very close to suicidal by, mm-hmm. you know, Christmas of that year. And I think that it wouldn't have gotten to that point if Harry had made a slightly different choice of how to handle the Horcrux. Yes, no, I, I agree. It wouldn't have probably even come near that point. Yeah. So. But we did have that blow up. We did. Can't change the things that happened. And, and for good and for bad. You know, I yeah. think we talked about some good things that still came about because of the way it was written. Some you, not You gotta so cut good. open the scar to let the poison out. Yes, it's true. You can't always have good things. Um, especially in relationships, they can't really grow as well yeah. and be as strong with just good things. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Ron comes back, as we know, and Hermione wants to go see Xenophilius Lovegood. Ron sides with Hermione for reasons unrelated to war strategy. <laughs> um, <laughs> he deserves her. <laughs> yes, he's trying to get back in her good graces, so he just votes with her arbitrarily. Yes. Not even thinking about it. Uh, freely admits it. Quotes the old cliche of all is fair in love and war to Harry when Harry gets mad about it. <laughs> um, and that's when they find out about Deathly Hallows. That's when Hermione realizes the significance of the three brothers and... Uh, and the, the marking on the grave, that's when Harry, the first time Harry hears anything about the um, Elder Wand and the Resurrection Stone. What if Harry had won that debate and they hadn't gone seen, gotten seen with Xenophilius Lovegood? Well, we've already kind of discussed that the Deathly Hollows are kind of a red herring in and of themselves. <laughs> They're the interesting. Death- They're really interesting. And Voldemort definitely buys into them. But the Elder Wand, the ownership of the Elder Wand, if Harry hadn't realized that it was him by the end of it, if Harry hadn't realized what was in the snitch, if he opened, he figured out the snitch's riddle and he opens it and there's a stone with a big mm-hmm. crack in it, do you think all of that, Dumbledore's very far-fetched planning, do you think that derails things a little bit when he doesn't oh, yeah. understand the significance? I think it does, yes. Um... Because he is able to be confident in that. Well, one, he gets the emotional support from the Resurrection Stone. That makes me cry every time. Just saying. Hufflepuff soul. But... It's, hashtag. Hashtag, yes. <laughs> Coining it. But, it, yeah. No, I mean, he goes into the final fight so confident because he knows where Voldemort's wand's loyalty lies. It's with him and it's not ever going to... Kill him. Kill him. So I think that completely, completely affects it. Yeah. Even though I feel like Harry spends a ton of time yeah, ruminating and... derails him from the Horcrux front. It does. So Not that there was much progression. Like, that's the thing. There was no progress on the Horcrux front anyway. I will say, though, that reading the book, it just felt like, whoa. <laughs> Let's completely jump highways. Not even just lanes on the highway. We're going to jump highways to... This is completely, what? We've never heard of these before. What is this? I mean, yeah. it's neat, but like, what? But Harry does have a little bit of an obsessive personality where he gets fixated on things. Draco Malfoy, for instance. <laughs> Harry? No. <laughs> um, in book six. So it's not unprecedented for him to get an idea in his head that this is the answer. And yeah. I'm going to prove it's the answer. And right. And it does. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people put way too much more stock in it than the Horcrux really is the 
right you know needed to be focused on really needed to be focused on and yes but it's all good information to know and i do think it affected harry's confidence level going into that final battle yeah and he had heard voldemort reference the elder wand um talking to snape he had seen him steal dumbledore's wand so he would have known there was something going on with the wand talked about he talked to dumbledore about it i'm sure dumbledore would have filled him in i think he would have been real disappointed in that rock coming out of the snitch yeah (laughs) if you didn't know what it was yeah a broken rock (laughs) and then when he went to you know see dumbledore in the half dead place Dumbledore would have explained what the Elder Wand was, all the sure. little hits, but I don't... That's just not Dumbledore as satisfying. Figured out. Dumbledore wasn't one to figure out about who was the master. Harry was. Right. So, I don't think that... And Harry wouldn't have that time to really... If well, he had just yeah, and Dumbledore wouldn't have known that, Harry, you disarmed Draco, blah, 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 blah. I mean... Well, I don't know. Dumbledore knew a lot. Dumbledore knew maybe. why Lucius Malfoy's wand was no longer in, in service. I guess. So, in the Harry Potter afterlife, they are watching... Yeah, I mean, yeah, and all of the people that he brought back with the Resurrection Stone, they weren't confused about what was going on. Yeah, I guess so. They just so. kind of jumped just into the conversation. Like, Whoa. It's just not quite as satisfying to, like, have somebody tell you how yeah. all of this is going to play out. You know, it yeah. was... And again, he still wouldn't have known, because Dumbledore didn't know. Yeah. Didn't realize that Harry was the master. Yeah. It was a really satisfying scene. Yeah, I just reread it the other day, because it made me... Hmm. I was just thinking about it. I was like, this is a good scene. I need to read it. It's a very good scene. There's so many scenes that I do that every once in a while. I'm just like thinking about it, and mm-hmm. just you know, I gotta read it. Again. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. Makes me yeah. happy. Um, so anyway, there are about seven billion different ways that we can take the series if we yeah. keep playing the lot of games. So maybe we should do this every once in a while. I just think this is quite pick fun. A theme and talk about you know various rabbit trails. So let us know, hey, if you've got any theories or scenarios that maybe we didn't walk through today we are more than happy we kind of did focus more on the trio yeah um, part two of a trio centric right so listen to the last episode if you didn't before but that was kind of our focus today with all the scenarios was trying to find ones that really helped the relationship but i've got a bunch on the marauder era and if things have been different you know with harry growing up so let us know if that's maybe something that you want to hear about, and we're more than happy to record a segment on that. Yeah. And we will be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening, guys. See you then. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and our Patreon page. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd love to hear what your ideas are for future episodes and topics. We want to know what you want to hear about. We hope you'll join us in two weeks for the next episode of Dwelling on Dreams. 